Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Today, I'm super pumped about this episode because I got a good friend coming on with us and I can't wait for you to hear it. However, beforehand, I want to talk to you about something that's very important to me. Actually, a couple of things. Number one, write these dates down. October 20th through the 22nd, 2020, the Arkansas PIA virtual value experience is happening and you do not want to miss this opportunity because we've we've got an opportunity to hear from some of the biggest and best and the brightest names in the industry from Bradley Flowers, from Scott Howell, Christian Moore, Seth Zaremba, and Sydney Rowe. They've hired some of the best to bring us content all week long, including Thursday at 1 o'clock. That's October 22nd at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. All of them are going to be in an agency panel discussion where you have an opportunity to ask them questions, interact with them, get to know them, and it's going to be incredible. It's all going to be moderated by the man, Scott Howell. It's going to be so awesome. Can't wait for you to hear that. Also, uh, if you are sick and tired of the, the back and forth and the, you know, the intrusive behavior and everything else that goes along with you know, getting information from your potential client, your prospects, look no further than Canopy Connect. They've created a one-click solution to get a hold of deck pages, policy information. You can obviously get deductibles and claims history, all that kind of information all off of one click and one website called Canopy Connect. They've set up a discount code for us, and you can go to the website at www.app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath, H-E-A-T-H. That's my name, usecanopy.com backslash Heath. You'll get a discount, and you will be able to schedule a demo or just get to know my man Tolga. He's a cool guy. So, on to today's episode, I've got my friend Kelly Donahue Piro on the show. I, uh, I actually made the KDP status on this one. I'm super pumped. <laughs> so uh, check it out. She is the uh, owner and manager and partner and everything for the agency performance partners. And she has a goal of making your agency ridiculously amazing. And I can't wait for you to hear about it. Sit back, relax, and check out my conversation with Kelly Donahue Piro. Kelly Donahue Piro, how you doing, sis? Oh man, you know what? If I was any better, I'd be my husband. <laughs> That's a good one. As we talked about, my wife's laying in bed right now, off for Columbus Day. So I wish I was right there too. Um, anyhow. <laughs> What does your husband do? Why is it so great to be your husband? Well, first of all, he's married to me. <laughs> clearly. Well, of course. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, he <laughs> is actually director of building operations for the largest nursing home chain in Rhode Island. So he wow. owns 12 nursing homes as far as their building operations. Wow. That is pretty cool. But even cooler that he's married to you. So hey, are we are we at the KDP point yet, or we am are, I still going to yeah. go Kelly Donahue? There's Piro. a low boundary to that. Um, it just it, it usually it happens when there's another Kelly somebody knows. Um, but my my name's got quite a few letters in it, so uh, KDP is fine. I, I answer to way worse than that. So I got you. I was just like we've talked like a hundred times in the last month, and so I'm like, surely I'm past the Kelly Donahue Piro stage. We're Facebook friends. That's true. We, we're official. We are official. 
so, uh, and again, as I told you before we hit record, I don't know anything about beyond the last month who Kelly, Donahue, Piro, PD, uh, yeah, I messed it up, KDP, I can't even say it right. I don't know who you are, and neither does my audience, maybe, um, because uh, they've lived under a rock, maybe, if they don't know who you are. So let's go back down memory lane, and let's tell people who Kelly Donahue Piro is. Well, it's funny, because we just recently we're reworking some of our brand and website, and so one of the things that we worked really hard, hard on is, like, what is my story? And I always had that, like, very professional, like old school, like went to Bentley and graduated with honors and all that stuff. But that's really like, no one cares about that in 2020. So the down and dirty of it is this, is that I grew up, I was the daughter of a salesperson and a teacher. So it's funny that I'm a sales trainer, right? Like built into my DNA and, um, well grew up, you know, very middle-class decided college was in my, my cards and great news. My parents never budgeted for 45 grand a year in college, right? Like lo and behold, it was like, Hey, there's like eight grand set aside for you. (laughs) So I had to work three jobs in college. One of them was a bank teller. And, um, one of the products that we would tee up is insurance. So dating myself, you go into banks, there was these things called ATM cards. There was no debit cards. People still walked into a bank 20 years ago. Uh, It seems crazy. It was only 20 years ago. And they would have all these incentives to cross sell. And so I started just doing it. But I realized I'm think about this way. I am literally 18, 19 years old. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have, you know, I'm on my parents' car insurance. I don't even have a car. I think I'm like, like borrowing a spare car from friends and family, right? Like that situation. I think my first car was like a thousand dollars, right? And no one gave me a plan, right? They're like, cross all, cross all, cross all. I'm sitting in here. I'm like, I don't even have these products. There's no scripts. There's no plan. So I just started figuring it out and I became the top cross seller, like teeing up opportunities for the bank. So the executives loved me, but I got this tap on my shoulder from, I call them the queen bee. You know, like my manager was kind of like the queen bee role. A lot of agencies, right? Role, you know, like, like, hey, um, you can stop doing that is what she said to me. And I was like, doing what? She's like, we don't do that here. I'm like, what don't we do? And she's like, listen, if you keep cross-selling like you are, you're making the rest of us look bad. And I got like shunned at lunch. I was no longer the fun, youthful person there. And now I was like <laughs> the evil eye. And, you know, at 19, 20 years old, that was important to me to be accepted. So I took a step back and it blew an opportunity to go work for the bank because they were like, you're doing it. Now you're not. Why do we want you here? And, you know, lo and behold, went to another small business and financial services. They didn't have a plan, figured out the plan to sell and market and traveled all across the country doing that. Mortgage crisis hits, everything goes back into insurance because it's stable, got recruited. And then we started generating leads for agencies. I was working for a technology company that was generating leads for agencies. Well, most brilliant thing we did there was we'd record phone calls. So agencies be like, your leads suck, you know, like these leads are terrible. And then we pick up the recorded phone call and like they'd be going to voicemail. They would be like, oh, no one's available to take your quote right now. (laughs) So we realized, okay, these people need a plan too. (laughs) So started the professional services division at that company. It got sold to Zywave. I went off on my own and uh, the rest is history. There you go. That's fascinating because it's funny you said about the leads because I remember I was 
it's probably around the same time. I think we figured out I'm a few years older than you. So I was probably 21, 22, working for a, a, a captive life insurance company. And we would buy leads. Yeah. And I would get super ticked because I'd get that lead that had already been called on five different times. <laughs> and I would go in and I'd be like, these leads suck. I can't sell anything with these leads. So literally, my manager at the time, and I think he's still doing it. He's making a gazillion dollars. Uh, took a phone book when they still – if you don't know what a phone book is, you're too young to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but took the phone book out of the drawer and literally threw it, hit me in the chest with it, and was like, here's your damn leads now, you know. And, you know, I had to learn from that way, and it was like, okay, I won't complain about leads anymore, you know. But, you know, again, I had to figure it out, you know, that way. So it's interesting you bring up, you know, the leads thing. So um, it sounds like throughout your career, though, now that I finally know a little bit more about you, um, figuring it out was kind of a common theme for you (laughs) and helping other carriers and companies figure it out yeah it's kind of like i mean you know it's, it, and it's it's different like if you ever go watch a tv show from like the 90s if you watch it in 2020 it sort of makes you uncomfortable right like there's just things that get said or like like the phone book thing like could you imagine doing that to a 21 year old today and being like here's a list do what you want with it you know like their eyes would get like 10 times bigger and people it's like people are just different today. So I'm so grateful to be brought up in that generation where it was like, no one owes you anything. Just freaking figure it out. Like I give you a paycheck, you know, and this is by the way, before Google, like I'm not saying before Google, but the internet was like, we were like on dial up in my house. <laughs> you know, like do you remember yeah, you're too young if to listen if you're too don't know what dial up is, go Google you're that. Too- That'll blow your mind. <laughs> 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 make a phone call <laughs> for five minutes to be like blown up. <laughs> yes. I uh, I remember the old AOL. And the dial-up days. Uh, and yes, back before Google. And it's funny, you also mentioned, again, I swear I didn't know this about you. Um, I am the son of, actually, I'm a second generation. But my, my dad, to this day, at 76 years old, still teaches classes at the Big Eye. That's okay. gangster. That is gangster. I mean, he is still to this day, and his stuff is still relevant, which blows my mind. Because it's funny to me how some old school techniques are still relevant today. And when, you know, my dad brings up certain things in classes, I'll have a lot of my friends take his course and they'll come back and be like, oh my God, I never thought about going out and knocking on doors. I never thought about cold calling. I'm like, you serious? Come on, bro. That's like, you know, and so just some of those things, you know, so I understand where you're coming from, from that standpoint of being the, you said a daughter of a salesman. And then I turned around and people that know the podcast I married a second generation insurance person. So it's all up in my family. So I do get that. Um, so you said your company sold to Zyway, then you went off on your own. What? Okay, so you're off on your own. What is on your own look like? So those, again, who don't know who KDP is. Say it right. I did say it right. On my own looks like this. On my own looks like leaving a six-figure job with 100% health insurance, married for like seven minutes (laughs) and telling my husband, I don't think I'm a good fit here anymore. Like I loved this company, but we had been taken over by investment capital. Things were changing rapidly. That kind of young, fun startup thing was going away. And I've always just been a believer, Heath, that like, it's not on the company to make me happy. Like if I'm not a fit, I have to do the right thing. So I went to my 
manager and I said, Hey, I think I'm going to depart and gave him six months notice. And we worked out a great deal where I could take some of my clients with me. They were eventually going to sell that division off and either way. So, and shut it down. So the writing was on the wall. And so, you know, just said, Hey, I'm a hundred percent self-employed and I have to figure out how to, you know, keep the whole thing going. Um, you know, a six-figure salary is nothing to shake a stick at and to go from, hey, you're taking that home every month. And I was, I was also had commission. So like, it was, it was a sizable deal, you know? And then it was like, well, let's go see what we can do. And six years later, you know, I own three companies and they all work in the insurance space. That is fantastic to hear that you can start over like that. Again, you're still in sales, you know, yeah. even though you may not be selling insurance or you know, cross-selling at the bank, you know, you're still selling you. And so I've still yet to hear, okay, uh, agency performance partners, correct? Correct, yes. So okay. what exactly, for those, again, 37, I'm a geek, 37.5% of my listeners are from Arkansas. And so they may not know who this <laughs> wonderful woman from Rhode Island is. What exactly, what does is, what is agency performance partners look like? And what is it that you do on a day-to-day? So our big thing is we want to help agencies become ridiculously amazing and fight against the big, you know, the big direct writers, you know, the big direct writers want us out of business. That's my opinion. And we're like frogs in boiling water sometimes. And because we can, you know, take rate increase and grow, you know, it's like, Hey, I don't have to pay attention to some of these things, but what they, what you see in agencies commonly is um, there's no formal sales process. So like there's, to me, there's so much opportunity in these little, these small businesses um, that it's important to think about like, Hey, I don't do things dramatically, but if I had a sales process, could I improve my closing ratio by 20%? Yes. If I got really good at contacting renewals every year, could I bump my retention and cross sell and have a better customer experience, get more referrals? Yes. If my team is telling me how busy they are all the time, and that's the biggest objection I get, could I look through their day and find out what are they busy doing? Are they busy taking cash payments where maybe we need to educate people about EFT and save ourselves? Like my big thing on time management is this, is that if people call into your agency to make a payment 10 times a year or 12 times a year, it's 10 minutes each. That's two hours per customer. And if you do the math, you know, say you take 10 payments a week, like that's a full-time job, you know, over the course of time. <laughs> no doubt. Now, uh, yeah, keep going. No, it's, just, it's one of the few things that the carriers don't put back on the agent that we could set people up with. And yes, there's some people who don't want it, but I would encourage you to stop and take a look and say, in your town, are there any other agencies that are taking cash? You know, and if you're the last one, that's a sign. No, I, I totally I get it. And it's funny you mentioned busy. And that's something that drives me crazy because I, I, I call on agents and I have been for a long, 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 long time now and everybody. And I think it's just a cool word to say now. But I get sick and tired of hearing, I'm busy. And the worst, and if you're listening to this and I've called on you, you've done this, don't hate me because you know I'm right. But I'll call to set an appointment with an agency. I'm so busy, you got 10 minutes. Well, I get there, three hours later, I'm still sitting in their desk. Their phone hasn't rang one time. And they're talking to me about whatever's going on. But yet, they're so busy. And so I feel like busy is just... You have to say that, whether it's in your agency or the clients you're calling on. But it's also like outside of insurance, like my mom is retired. And if I call her right now, she's busy, literally ironing her sheets. Like, like that's a level of busy I, I hope to get to, right? 
like your personal life isn't any less busy than your work life. And the problem is in insurance, like if I sit down and watch somebody for even half of a day and I look at the things that they do, you realize that they're busy doing the least valuable work in an agency. And Honestly, busy to me, when somebody says that, and immediately I think it's, that's not important to me. So if you're too busy to cross sell, like, how can I be too busy? Heath, you call me in to change a vehicle. How can I be too busy to say, hey, where's your homeowner's insurance? That took five seconds, right? Like whole five seconds to say those words, like, how are we too busy? And by the way, if we're too busy to make recommendations on coverage, why are we in business? 100%. A hundred percent. So I like what you say. I stole it off your website, I believe. Never busy, but always productive. Isn't that what you said? That was, I stole it off your website, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. We say we want to convert people from busy to productive. One of our sayings is we want to eradicate the word busy from insurance because I, I mean, I have employees. I don't want anybody being busy. I want us to be productive, you know, Busy to me is like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing things that uh, there's better ways of doing them, but we get stuck in our ways. This is the way it's always been done. We keep our head down. We don't think critically. And now, you know, I mean, I still see like fax machines and agencies and typewriters sometimes. <laughs> the old facsimile. So um, that if you don't know what facsimile is, you're too young to listen to this podcast. But anyway, that may be my theme of this we're podcast. No, no. What's even crazier, though, <laughs> Kelly, is that, you know, you and me are in an industry that is my favorite saying on this podcast is pale, male and stale. And so, number one, you're not yeah. male. But number two, you and me are completely like, we're teenagers in this industry. Like, we're the youngest people, which is sad. In an industry where we're trying to attract more young people and trying to get more young people in. So, yeah, we are dating ourselves, but we're still young for this industry. And it's funny, I'm on the Young Insurance Professionals Board at 40 years old, and they call me Grandpa. And so, uh, but again, that's a tough thing, you know, trying to get past that old thing. But yeah, again. That's still in it, right? Like, and he's 70 something. Yes. You know? And you will never, ever hang it up. Dad's under the, and dad's still selling. That's what he'll ever do. And I love that. But again, back to the, you know, what we were talking about a minute ago. And I guess dad would be a decent segue into that. Um, every agency has, and I hate to even say the name because I might offend somebody named Susie. But every, or Sally, but every agency is Karen. Just do a Karen. You, you can't you screw up Karen. <laughs> Everybody's already screwed up, Karen. So every agency's got a Karen that, you know, any new idea you introduce, any idea to make them more efficient or more productive. And there's probably some Bobs out there too that are the same way. So we don't just pick on Karen. But there's always those people when you're trying to bridge that gap between our young age to truly millennials. And then you've got, you know, the other generation on the other side. Uh, and I know I hear it every day when I'm in the field or when I'm talking to agents, you have to hear that. And what is the, the APP way of handling that? What kind of advice could you give? How do you handle that situation with Sally, Susie, Karen, Bob, whatever their names are. If you're name one of those, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, so here, here's the thing. I think a couple things with it. Um, that's a learned behavior. So like the top three things that come to my mind is like, they've won that war before. <laughs> and so you have to make a decision of when are you going to take back and regain control? Who's running the agency, 
right? The second thing you have to do as an owner is you have to be super clear as to why. Like you can't just pop this on someone's desk and be like, we're going to text everybody because you'll just watch the opinions fly, right? Like, well, I don't want text. Our customers don't want text. We have cell phone numbers. You get the whole thing. You have to do your part of really outlining the why. And remember, we're an insurance. Most people think like an underwriter. You have to have the details ready. You know, owners are up here, high entrepreneurial. And so they're like, we're going to text people. And at the desk level, like, well, how do I log in? Where do I go? When do I do it? Do I have to attach to them? And they think 25 things, right? They don't think texting is going to change my life. <laughs> they think of all the crap. And then the final thing is you have to stick with it. Say, this is the plan. And then you have to hold people accountable to it by metrics, not by feelings, not by, because Karen is going to be like, I had one customer get mad at us because we texted them. And I just want to be like, so the 99 others that loved it, we're not going to talk about? <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I hear you on that. And I've worked in agencies. And so they don't listen to the podcast, so I can say this. <laughs> but they're at the point to where, and if they are, I love you anyway. I'll be in there to see you next week. But so I've worked in agencies to where there was a Karen or a, Susan or a Bob or whatever that even though, and they were okay with adopting it, but they're afraid that that's going to take their job or take their place. You and I have talked about this. We're believers in the VA model. We believe in that every time we talked about this the other day, when I bring this up to an, an experienced agent, I'll say, then they push back immediately. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause I, you know, Karen's going to think it's going to take over her job or Susie is going to get ticked off that she will no longer be busy enough to remain in her seat or whatever it may be. Well, I think that, you know, my philosophy on this is we do what's called an agency assessment. It's like a physical for your agency. And so it invites them to tell me all that they're so busy, they can't keep up, they can't give a good customer service, they're drowning, they're failing, dying. It's a miserable place to work, right? Like they're just getting their butt kicked all day. So then they say, well, you know, what if you got the little tasks off of you? The stuff that like auto ID cards, so that you could really focus and do a great job on a reshop or help people more. Would that be a good idea? Yeah, how would we do that? Well, I have some ways to do it, and I think that you're going to like it, but I need some time to convince your owner. I don't, I don't think that they're going to go for it. Do you think they'll go for that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me see what I can do. <laughs> oh, you sneaky, sneaky snake there. I like that, that you sell them on it first and then act like you're getting, you know, the big bad principal on board. That's pretty slick. Well, it's the ultimate sales, right? Make it their idea. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's idea. good. That's really, really good. Um, and, you know, now VAs are in a different position. I mean, I've had my VA for three years. And, in like, VAs were popular outside of insurance, but we really didn't get serious yeah. really three or four years ago. And so I think that they're just much more accepted today and much more mainstream, which is nice um, in many parts. But I think that there's enough agencies out there and that, you know, they can say, hey, this isn't, this isn't, we're not at the bleeding edge. We're at the leading edge on this. There you go. The bleeding edge, the leading edge. I like that. Uh, so I, I think that there's a lot of people that are listening to this that heard that. Hopefully they can take some, that was good advice. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and if you're a CSR listening to this, you just heard her trick, then you know what she's doing when she tells you that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I really think that, you know, there's some things there that, you know, could be taken away. So thank you for that. Also, you know, uh, I think that 
as agency owners that I talk to on a day-to-day basis, we're trying every day, as you've already alluded to, to get more efficient and to get more, because things are moving so fast. And our industry is, it's, it's an old adage, but we're, we're all way too far behind. And so, and, and we know the efficiency tactics out there. We know some of those things are there, but adopting some of those is a different ballgame. But what are you doing within agencies to help them to be more efficient? Or as you talked about time management earlier, maybe that was before we hit record. (laughs) But, you know, and you talk about those things. What are some of those things that you would suggest? So for efficiency purposes, I think a big, big thing is, you know, where we start in every agency is most management systems you can run what's called like an activity report. So let's see all the things that people are doing. And you might be surprised, like how many certificates you're doing, how many payments you're taking. And you really just start chipping away one at a time with just a better process. Or could we automate this? Or do we have enough certificates where we need a part-time certificate person? But I think that the the mantra I always go off of is you have a license. If you're a licensed person, you need to be focused on licensed work. Where things get really blurry is there, there are licensed people who are also doing billing and processing and doing non-licensed work. And so, you know, and I feel for CSRs, account managers out there, like, I think everyone should sit at their desk for a week and understand that you're getting everything under the sun coming at you from downloads to underwriter memos, to following up with clients, to producers at your desk, to new business, to this, and you're changing hats all day long. And the, the more times that we can take people not having to change as many hats and say, hey, non-licensed work needs to go to, you know, a little bit above a minimum wage person or a VA. Licensed work needs to stay with people that are licensed. Then you can truly scale and grow and drive that customer experience that you're looking for. No, I completely agree. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that as a CYA, I'm going to say the same thing because I don't want any CSR listening to this because I have so many friends of mine that are to think that I'm banging on CSRs. We are more banging on the Karens in the office. But no, I really do... I'm with you on that. I do feel like we, 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 there's a lot of work put on the customer service rep, the agent, the account executive, the whatever the title may be. And I think that if there's ways that we can improve that for them, I think you're 100% correct. And I think it's also goals in the agency. Like as you grow, your structure needs to change, right? And we need to embrace it. But if you feel stuck and every, like, you know, agencies get stuck, right? We grow by the yeah. great- of rate increase. You know, we're losing as much as we're selling and we grow through rates. Um, and that is exhausting <laughs> to be honest with you. And there's better ways to do it. No, I think you're hundred percent correct. There's, there's a lot better ways of doing it. And there's so many different ways that people think they can do it. Are you still not finished with that pumpkin spice latte? I'm nurturing it. So I'm uh, glad that was, you know, I had to bring I it up again. <laughs> I did. Uh, I love to make fun of people who love the pumpkin spice latte. So there's a lot of people right now that are going to be mad at me after that comment too. I may have to edit that one, but uh, I do love all things fall too. So um, you brought up, is it pumpkin spice latte? If you think it's ridiculously amazing, that's great. But we t- you talked earlier about making agencies ridiculously amazing. Look at that transition. I tried really hard. That was a really hard try. But I wanted to transition there into that. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still learning this podcast thing. I'm only 30 in. But <laughs> my transitions are flawless. 
So ridiculously amazing. Um, those are two incredible words that you put together there that could go so many different directions. So uh, what does that look like? What does that mean to you if an agency is going to be ridiculously amazing? Because I'm going to preface this. Uh-oh. I'm long. I'm very long-winded. So <laughs> every agency that I talk to, and you do too, when you say, what sets you apart from the one down the street? Customer service. <laughs> that is always said. And so is ridiculously amazing going to become the new customer service? What does that mean to you? talk to me so what that means to me is like the biggest investment in agents will ever have is its people it's like that's your biggest bill every month and a lot of times we don't optimize them like it's our biggest investment so what we look at doing is saying do you have the right operational structure to to crush it and if you don't and everyone's servicing and selling and doing around we got to reorganize we then look at time management and say that we're reorganized job description goals like how can we become more efficient step Three then is taking a look at your marketing strategy because a lot of agencies now, you know, we've got a little bit more time, but we need to put ourselves out there to be modern, fresh, and really attract our dream customer. So I find a lot of agencies have never actually mapped out who is our dream customer. It's like people in our town that want insurance that pay their bills. <laughs> like that's not, you need to <laughs> yeah. that don't have claims, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, all right, no, that's every insurance agent's dream customer. Like, what geographic radius, what income level, like where are you at? <laughs> right. Well, that's like every carrier when you ask them, what you want? oh, we want great credit. We want no tickets, no accidents. I'm with you. Yeah. And so, and so then it's like, well, and who are these people? Are they empty nesters? Are they startup businesses? Like, what is it so that you can customize your brand to them so that when it gets there, it's like, I found the right place. And then you can customize your service delivery to them. So, For example, if you want to write growing families, well, great news, you better text because that's the way a working mom communicates. You know, you better have pictures of growing families. You better be in the community. You better have a scholarship program. You should have interns from the high school working for you. Like if you know who you want, you can start connecting the dots of how to serve those people the best. And I want to be clear, this doesn't mean that we don't write the 22-year-old monoline auto. It means we don't put elbow grease into becoming attractive to them. And so you have to kind of think about this because this takes time. So we look at the branding and the marketing and say, can we align this? And the other thing we do is, does your brand look like every other agent in town? Are you just dousing yourself in insurance blue and stock images so that literally if I get three quotes from the agents in town, I don't remember who I'm even talking to because everybody's so blah. Um, we have break you up with that. Then we do our proactive renewal call program, which is annual renewal reviews. Once a year, you call every single person, cross-sell, upsell, reduce reshops, bump your retention, talk about the new coverages coming out and literally create your customers for life. And then we install a sales process. And then we're done. So, man, that sounds ridiculously amazing. And it sounds like, oh, you can do that in 10 minutes. But that's a long process that, you know, you need to work with these agencies for how long? Is it usually, is it different for every agency? Is it usually average of six months, one year, five years, 10 years? To get through all that is a good two, two and a half years. Um, And I say that not because... I'm about adoption. Like I could puke it all up on people and be like, here you go. But it wouldn't get fully vested. Like I want to install these systems into your agency. 
I don't want them to be something like, well, that was nice recommendation. Like we're going to do it because we're going to track it and we're going to train your people and we're going to get through all the awkward speed bumps. And at the end of it, you're going to have these systems in place that are a lot easier to manage and let you sleep well at night as an agency owner, knowing we do have, you know, protection, you know, we do have a sales process. I know my closing ratio, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but similar to like, Oh, we give good service. My other, my second one, like right underneath that is what's your retention rate. Good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm with you, but it sounds like everything (laughs) that you're talking about doing, which I don't think enough in my experience of almost, what, eight, 17, 18 years of it is it starts on the inside. It starts internally with your people, with your culture, with your systems, your processes before you, because so many people shotgun different approaches. Okay, this week I'm going to go after HVAC contractors. This week I'm going to hit restaurants. This week we're going to do this. Why aren't you bringing in more business? Why aren't you bringing more business or whatever that is? You're saying start inside. I say start inside because again, it's that whole, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Okay. So I'm, I'm Karen. (laughs) I'm at my desk. I have overdue tasks. I have my pile of mail. I've got seven bajillion emails. Producer walks by. I need something tomorrow. There's someone on the, the receptionist is telling me there's a phone call and I freaking hate my life. Right. And I don't realize and I'm causing some of this. I feel like a victim because there's no way we can get through all this every day. It's impossible. Well, first of all, you're running off of seven different piles to get your work, which is inefficient. You got to streamline that. But then it's like, hey, can we do this differently? Because the agencies that work with us, they want to grow. Like this isn't like a let me go fix this busy problem. This is a like, hey, I'm taking over mom and dad's agency. I see a lot of mess. Um, Not that mom and dad had a bad job, but they did the job that they knew how to do. And you've got 25, 30 years in this. You don't want to do it the same way. And so let's go clean up one room at a time, almost like rehabbing a house. The bones are good, but we need to freshen up what's going on on the inside. Look at you, Marin Morris. The bones are good. You listen to country music at all? It's a great song. That's also Chip and JoJo, you know. They also do a lot of the uh, the house flipping. I hear you. Oh, I hear you. So, okay. So, what I've noticed uh, that's fascinating to me, and I, and I wanted to to talk to you about this as being in agencies, probably as much as I am, if not more. Pandemic hits, mm-hmm. you know, and I've noticed going back to your internal, you know, starting on the inside. And I've got one of my best friends. I'm going to butcher this saying. But she says, uh, proper planning prevents poor. You ever heard this whole thing? Proper planning prevents poor something. Uh, But anyhow, the point being, agencies I've noticed that already had systems in places and processes, things like that. When I talk to them now that we're, what, eight months into a pandemic, nine months, whatever it is, they're thriving and they're doing well and they're like kicking butt and they're growing. The ones who were not are the ones I talked to who are like, bro, I'm struggling. I, I can't get any business in the door. It's not you. It's me. You know, my agent, Bob, is not selling and Susie's having a tough time. We're slow. The phones aren't ringing. So there's some truth to what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think that so to me, everything that that just said was I'm drowning and they just described drowning, right? Like that's not a plan. <laughs> it's it's the same way when people say I'm so busy. That's not a plan, right? So 
I, it's great to I say, I'd like to say, hey, I'm getting really overwhelmed. We need a plan. That is a different conversation. I'm just so busy, you know, like, or being like, well, so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's wife had a baby and so-and-so thought they had the coronavirus for seven seconds and then so-and-so's car broke down and it's like, okay, but like, it's still your business. Do you want to grow? Because those are challenges you got to figure out how to work around. Otherwise, what happens next year? And like, what are you going to do nine months from now? Because those same people, Heath, that you're talking to, next time you go see them, nothing's changed either. Right. And that's kind of, you know, I think I've talked to you about this before. I kind of want my podcast that I think we're on number 30 or so now. I want these to kind of be like chapters in a book. And so people can go back through. And when they hit that point in their life where they're like, you know, I'm I'm struggling. I'm at this place. I want them to go back and listen to the wonderful KDP and listen to say, okay, these are some things I need to do. And now I need to pick up the phone and call her and let, let's talk about it some more. But I also, you know, I think that going back to once you get the internal worked out, as you talked about, and you start working on the external. And I don't know if you work with agents on this. You probably do because you do everything wonderfully and ridiculously amazing. But I feel like uh, the way that we're moving uh, forward through the pandemic, even after ones that have a focus plan and a niche that they're working on are ones that are going to be more successful long-term. The ones that I'm not banging on generalists because I think that's great too, but the ones who are sitting at the same premium they've had for the last 20 years, uh, I think uh, there's, you got to reinvent yourself a little bit. And is there any truth to any of that or am I on my own Island on that? No, I think you do have to reinvent yourself, but I also think you can be a generalist, but own your community and be that person that is like the town mayor. Like I own the zip code and anybody who messes with me in the zip code is going to face the fear of, you know, combating it. Like I use this strategy with agencies. I'm like, all right, so let's just say like the agencies that are stuck. I say, so let's just say, I decide I'm moving to your town and I'm going to open an independent agency right across the street from you. How do you feel about that? And they look at me like, not, not good. <laughs> yeah. Stay <laughs> out of my yard. Yeah. I don't feel good about that. I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing. Be that person in your town, you know, like be the person that's going to go take over and do things differently. But you know, it's so many agency owners, unfortunately are their top producer. And that's not, you can't be the top producer and run the business at the same time. You can in the beginning, but you have to outgrow. You have to fire yourself from that job at some point. Yeah. It goes back to that delegation and whatnot as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we've talked about so many things I want to keep going on, but we may just have you on again, but I do want one other thing as we've talked about this as overarching three throughout some things as well is, you know, you brought up proactive and not reactive. And I think that's, if there's a couple of things you could take away from this, I think that'd be one thing that I've heard you say a couple of times is about being more proactive within your agency, whether it's internal, external, uh, marketing, you know, things of that nature. Because you also own another business you mentioned. I think it's a marketing business. Is that part of the things that, you know, you work on as well being more proactive, reinventing yourself or proactive in your marketing approaches, proactive in, in everything that you do in that? Or what is Say, say what you want about the proactive versus reactive. Well, and so that company is called Agency Appeal, and it's meant to brand agencies. So get out of the – because it's, like, hard, you know. Um, you want to stick to the conservative navy blue. And we didn't go to school to become marketing people. Like, I was lucky enough to have a marketing degree when I went to college. But for most agents, that's not what they did. They don't 
understand how to have calls to action on websites or the idea that your business card is a really important way to stick out or how to present yourself on social media, not just share the carrier content. And so we start with the idea that the first thing you have to do is get your message down, get your story down, get your target markets down, and then we'll build something that attracts that target market. So when you do post on social media, when you do blog, when you do do a video, it's like that much more appealing because you know who you're speaking to. You're not just talking about like general liability. You're talking about, you know, how that impacts that target market. Yeah. I I love that you talk about telling your story. I talk to a lot of agencies about that. And I talk to my kids about it, even, even at a young age of, you know, what's your story? Let's tell your story. And my wife and I talk about this on, talk about this on a daily, um, is getting that story out and being consistent with that story. And as you said, being proactive with that story and getting that out there, whatever that looks like. And yes, one of the biggest things that I learned uh, throughout the whole social media and the interwebs being old um, is (laughs) starting out when I was selling insurance, I could post a gazillion stock photos a day and say, call Heath Sharon for your insurance, blah, 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 blah. blah. But I would notice the very next post if it was, you know, you know, my kid jumping off the couch and, you know, doing whatever. I would get a gazillion hits on that. People would come, oh, what a cute kid. Or I post a video of my dog chasing his tail for 10 minutes like an idiot. And I get a thousand posts on that. And I'm not saying post that all the time. But the more organic, the more if it's you. And I tell my wife, so she's going to listen to this and be so mad at me. But I tell her on a weekly basis, go on Facebook yourself. Go live. Do a video that you put in your constant context of yourself. People want to see you and your beautiful face and talk about what you're passionate about instead of typing an email. It's like, I don't like my face. I don't want to go on Facebook or I don't want to do it. But that would be such a huge thing for anybody listening to this. The more organic, the more personal that your content is, the better. Tell me I'm right on that so my wife does listen. You're so right. Here, here's what she's talking about, though. It's FUD, right? It's fear, uncertainty, and doubt, right? So if you've never whoa, done it, whoa, 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 You got back up. Uh, FUD? Like Elmer FUD? Wait, FUD. Okay, FUD. say that again. FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I like that. I'm writing that down. Go yeah. ahead. I'm listening as I write. <laughs> like, like, and, and this is like what we deal with a lot, like overcoming the FUD of agencies, right? Like you're going to call every renewal we can't do that. You know, like you're going to get VAs, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like that's exactly what's going through people's minds. And so, you know, as somebody in a sales per role, you have to kind of think through, okay, well, how am I going to lessen that on people? Um, But the idea is, is like, if you've never shot videos, like I shoot a video every single day. And so, you know, a couple things, like I'm over the fear of it. I understand what's going to happen and I don't have any doubt that it works. It works. So Every time you're doing something new, your brain's working against you to try to say, I'm out of my comfort zone. This is uncomfortable. Should I be here and doing this? And the idea is, is like when you, when you start to feel uncomfortable is literally when you know you need to keep going because it's working. Yeah. And that also tackles the, another objection that I hear a lot of, if I post too much, people are going to get upset. If I don't post enough, then people are going to get upset. I don't have enough content for every day. But every day, if it is every day, I was assuming that it was maybe a couple of days a week. But I get your three-minute videos. I love those things. If you don't sign up, I don't know how you get those. If people can you sign up and get them. Sign any contact form, they'll be Dude, <laughs> Kelly puts out incredible stuff. Three-minute videos. And I think that every agency listening to this could steal your idea and do their own three-minute videos and put them out to their clients. Sorry, don't get mad at me. I'll edit it out if you don't want me to say it out loud. But – 
I think that that would be a great idea because I keep thinking to myself, how in the heck does she keep coming up with all more content? Three minutes a day, uh, I get to hear from you. They, you put out a lot of free content, by the way. You can get into that here in a minute. But these three-minute videos, and again, it is, it's got to be getting over that fear. And I try to tell my wife, you know, you're passionate. You're gorgeous. People want to see your face. They want to know what's up with you. But, and I know there's – we won't even pick on Karen anymore. There's a lot of agency people out there that don't want to do that and get personal with it. But that's, that's what sells. Well, and I, I'll tell you this. Like, in my videos, I've yawned. I've sneezed. Like, I've had the doorbell. So it doesn't have to be perfect. I no, I, I I don't reshoot them. Like I'm just like, oh, the doorbell's ringing. We'll get that later. You know, like I I just in my own mind, I, the idea like I have to break up with perfection because the idea is like doing it is more important than it being perfect. And one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, we had this really polished social media presence early on, kind of what you're talking about, and we spent a lot of time on it. And then one day. I had flown from Rhode Island to San Francisco to work with this gigantic, large, large, large agency. And I've worked with them in the past. And so we work all day and then they love to go out and party like hard, right? This agency has a driver on staff. So like, that's what we do in the insurance business. Go I, know. Ahead. I know. So, so I'm sitting there, but I've got a 6 a.m. flight out of San Francisco to go to Iowa. So like we get home at midnight, you know, a 6 a.m. flight meant like I slept for seven minutes and I get on the airplane and I'm dragging and I sit down and I realize my pants are on inside out. <laughs> like straight up. That's awesome. <laughs> inside. Now you're in an airplane, right? And like, <laughs> like, okay, so either I get up and, and I mean, they were like black pants. It wasn't super noticeable. But, <laughs> but they were inside out. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, do I, do I, do I go, do I go try to fix this? Do I just own it? So I was just like, I'm just going to post it on social media. What do I do? <laughs> you know, like I've got, I got like a five hour flight to Iowa <laughs> and like, I had like 178 comments and I was like, now my post before I get like a handful of comments here and there, I'm like, all you people have been creeping on me. Like you creep on our content, you look, but you don't comment, you don't like, but I do something totally dumb. <laughs> and we break the internet, <laughs> you know, like, so like another time I, I had first trip of the new year, I was all excited and I go and I unpack at the hotel room and I had two different shoes and they had one pair of dress shoes, two different black shoes. So I had to walk into a brand new agency with sneakers on the next day. Cause it was like, you know, midnight. And I was like, that was another one where I broke the internet. Like the, the stupider things I do, the more attention I get. <laughs> and I think that's fantastic because uh, if you listen to, you know, and again, I don't, I hate name droppers, but I'm going to do it. Uh, my friend Ryan Hanley, he talks about his early videos sucked. And he, he <laughs> according to him, I didn't say, I think they're great, but he talks about, I just had to get something out there raw, whether it was, you know, I messed up or I had a booger out of my nose or whatever it was, he was like, just get it out there. and People respect the fact that it is raw, that it is real, it is you, and it's not this perfect thing. And so inside out pants, booger in your nose, uh, you know, whatever it looks like, you know, tennis shoes in an appointment. I think that you're exactly right. I think you nailed on the head. And I hope that people who are listening to this can understand that and hear that from you and just get out there and do that. Tell your story. I think that's huge. 
Well, and I think that the whole coronavirus has even like put a bigger spotlight on that, right? Like we're all working in different environments with cats running across keyboards and kids running around naked. <clears throat> And like, I think that that, you know, and I honestly think before coronavirus, like the days of the suit and tie and insurance had really gone downhill a little bit, right? Like, maybe in the, you know, the ones that still love the tie, like I know we both friends with Chris Parody. So like he wears a tie all the time, but maybe not the full suit, maybe more like a sports jacket. Like we had started reducing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could be like Bradley Flowers and do the tie on top and the shorts on bottom. No, I mean, you know, so it's, it's, um, I think that that, and that's the thing, like you're insuring real people too. Like they have, you're, you're protecting what they work hard for. And so how you do that, you know, it's like walking into a construction site with a suit on might not be the best fit. No, you're exactly right. And I do, as we're wrapping up, I kind of want to, I love that you finally, you said that because I want to end with that a little bit because the last couple of people I've had on the last episode, we talked about the insurance industry being a noble profession. And it's no longer just the used car salesman, or it's just the whatever, uh, the cheesy salesman or the whatever. But I love what you just said, you know, that we are insuring what people work hard. You could say it, you could probably tell it to better than I can, but I want you to, to do that. And then I'm going to start closing down. But that that is huge, because I do think our profession is a noble profession. I think it's the thing. So when I look at insurance, to me, it's the thing that keeps the entire economy moving, right? So a huge insurance claim, workers' comp claim, like businesses could not survive. It's, it is critical. I feel like we play small and make things way too much about price and that a lot of times we're not equipped with either the confidence or what to say to refute price. And so we scramble on price way too much like there is in my personal opinion there is no reason why almost every customer shouldn't have an umbrella policy when you think about what you get for that small investment and the real risk that's out there you know but a lot of agencies think oh well you know they you know they can't afford it it's like they might not be able to afford not to have it too um yeah they're not that expensive no they're not and but it's that belief right it's the belief that we're either playing a price game or playing the education game and our saying is always like ridiculously amazing agents use knowledge as the sword to fight against price so if i can tell you a story and i can say hey heath this is why i believe you need to make consider this I can get you on my team. Maybe you don't say yes right now, but you know about it. And I think you'll say yes in the next call or two that I have with you. Um, but instead, when Heath calls in and he's mad about his price, you know, we get into a corner like, let's remarket you. <laughs> and I think for a lot of independent agents, as opposed to using their discounts to their advantage, it's really hard to know 12, 15 carrier discounts on the top of your head. Um, and so, you know, then we, we shy on remarketing as opposed to just working within the policy itself. Um, but I think that for, for agencies that really want to grow, really want to develop, really want to adapt, they just need a good plan. And if they have a good plan and they follow the plan, it becomes much more simple. Like a lot of stuff we talked about today is really big concepts, right? So people are going to leave and be like, that sounds great, but how, what do I do tomorrow? Well, the answer is what you do tomorrow is you start somewhere (laughs) and you pick one thing, then you pick the next thing and you pick the next thing and you pick the next thing. And if you need help with a plan, 
there's people out there that help you like a great carrier rep like yourself, right? Like you're willing to help people do the stuff we talked about today and that costs them zero, right? Oh yeah. You're hundred percent correct. And I want it. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I want it by design to stay at that 35,000 foot level. Is that what they say? Yeah. Because I don't want to make this a commercial about KDP and your business, but at the same time, I want them to pick up the phone and call you. Or as you just mentioned, call their company reps, call their people too, just to, like you said, one, take the first step. And then from there, you know, you can take another one and another one. Uh, but before we get into your contact information and how they can get a hold of you, uh, I am going to give you the floor for a minute and let you take over. And if there's anything we didn't talk about, <laughs> anything that I didn't ask you, and if you talk about your Starbucks pumpkin, the spice latte, I may have to mute it or get out of it, but I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, for those that love pumpkin spice lattes, oh my God, it's so amazing. Um, Oh, wow. I'm way off track. So I'm going to hit mute now and I'm going to let you get on your soapbox if you have one and uh, educate us a little bit more. We love you. So basically, you know, what I would recommend, you know, that kind of going here is that I feel like whatever you pick as the one thing today that you want to take on that sounded interesting is that you make a commitment to fully and fiercely see it through. Like don't back down when your staff gives you some pushback. Don't back down when you get that first speed bump and don't get too busy to not do it. Because once you get one of those achievements under your belt, it becomes like a little addiction too, I think. Um, but I know for some of you out there listening, you might be thinking to yourself like, wow, this is amazing. Maybe I can't afford APP. Maybe I can't. But let me break it down because there's, there's really four ways that we have to work together. First is go to our website, sign up for our content. It's 100% free. 100%. So we don't charge for it. You can go there anytime. The next way is we have an online school that has all these training courses for your team. We've got time management, sales process, renewal reviews. And on October 15th, I don't know when this podcast is going to launch, we're going to launch how to turn every inbound call into an opportunity. Coming in January, we're going to be launching, you can buy processes on our website. So job descriptions, how to win back lost customers. And those will just be like PDFs that give you all the structure that you need to just do something if you need a little bit more help. And then there's the other way. Um, well, there's one more way too. We also have kind of hands-on services. We call it our interactive programs. We can do coaching hours, consulting hours. Um, we do secret shopper calls, which are totally enlightening. That's another great topic topic for a podcast, Heath, at some time in the future, because I can break down all those stats for people. Um, and then there's the premier program, which is really that two-year program where we go through all of our programs. But my job out there is to make agencies ridiculously amazing. So no matter where you are in your journey, our company wants to help you do that. Even if it's just you sign up for our free videos, all the way up to me coming to your agency four times a year. So that's my soapbox pitch. Hope that was helpful. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely think it was. And you stole my thunder, dang it, because I was going to brag on I was going to brag on you because uh, I love your free content. Um, I love anything free, but I do love your free content because it's not just, you know, I don't know, some sales pitch for you. I mean, it's truly stuff that they can dive in their agency like right now and put into place. Or something little that they can just start doing tomorrow. And you make it so easy. And God, it's just going to sound like I'm kissing your butt. But you do such a good job at that. Yeah, I really think if anything else, if you don't get anything out of this, you've got something free. Because you've got three minutes times however many videos. There's probably hours of free content out there. How many of those have you done? Do you know? Do you have that stat? 
I don't have that set. We actually started doing them daily when the coronavirus hit because it was just okay. It was my way of making sure I had pants on every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's at least a couple hours probably out there of free content that you can use right now, and you can thank the mayor. He's cheering for that one, and Kelly. Um, so that is awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I do want you to share uh, your content, uh, your contact information. However, they can get a hold of you. Um, if there's a phone number, uh, we can go back to the old facsimile, the email, whatever it is, a uh, web address, um, you name it. If they want to find you, how can they find you? So we're on all major social media channels. You can go to agencyperformancepartners.com, fill out any contact form. If you want to learn more, there's actually a link to my calendar. Um, in the top right-hand corner, it says book, book a time. So I'll give anybody 15 minutes just to see what's going on in your agency. If I'm not the right solution, we have a whole network of other insurance people that do all sorts of different things that we can at least point you in the right direction on. Um, so yeah, happy to connect with anybody that's, uh, that's feels inspired from your wonderful podcast. Oh, I feel so good. Um, look at that. We're kissing each other's rear ends. So, um, <laughs> so before this gets any more awkward or weird, I appreciate you coming on. It means a lot to me and I've really enjoyed getting to know you and I want people to take advantage of that and schedule time to get to know you as well. Cause you're a wonderful human being. Thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, I hope that everybody out there starts on their journey to become ridiculously amazing. Yes, ma'am. Hey, guys, thank you so much for checking out my conversation today with Miss Kelly Donahue Rowe. I thought it was fun and exciting and I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did, because that's my goal with this podcast is to provide content that's going to make you a better insurance professional. Guys, I, I really hope that we did that. Thank you so much. Keep emailing me. Keep bringing up guests that I should have on the show. It only makes us that much better. I don't ask this very often, but if you haven't had a chance yet to give us a rating or subscribe to the podcast, please go do that for me. That way you can find out when new content drops and you can be a part of it. Also, reach out to me uh, on Facebook or email me and just let me know, you know, what you think. I would love the feedback. Guys, today's episode was brought to you by, was recorded by, produced by, edited by my man Ryan Mayfield over at Ready, Set, Podcast. The web address is getreadysetpodcast.com. Or you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram. This guy's awesome. If you've got an idea for a podcast, reach out to Ryan. He's fantastic. Ready, Said Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>